45 brutal life lessons from an aging man. So it's my birthday in a few hours time. And I don't like partying. I'm not particularly social. And I get really introspective every year on my birthday. And for maybe the last 10 years, I've been sharing money and life lessons as I ponder life in my rocking chair. So this year is a bit different. Well, obviously, the list gets longer as I get older. But I want to share with you brutal life lessons that are also beautiful. I don't know if you like music and film, but would you agree that some of the most moving pieces of music and film have the deepest sadness, pain, loss, grief? And would you agree that you can only really truly experience life when you face death or experienced grief? Something that Andrew Tate said to me that triggered me, actually. He said, you're not a man until your father dies. Hmm. And I've actually looked in the eyes of my dad, who's old, and I've imagined his death. And it's painful, but it's also beautiful. Because when my dad dies, it will immortalize him for me forever. And I I used to be very positive, but Behind the positivity is a masking of the reality of the shadow and darker side of life. So I've been in business 17 years and I've seen a lot, hired hundreds of staff, made hundreds of millions, quarter of a billion in revenue, had to let a third of my workforce go in lockdown, seen booms and busts in the market, observed the nature of people, faced my own insecurities and vulnerabilities and deep-rooted shame. And when I sit in these introspective moments, usually halfway through the year, New Year, and my birthday, which coincides with sort of Christmas and New Year time, so it's a long moment of introspection, I consider what life is really like, not how I would like life to be. I consider what are universal laws and not just man-made, manipulatable laws. You can't break laws of the universe. Man makes up laws to suit themselves and then changes those laws to suit themselves. I believe, for example, one of my lessons is that the purpose of life isn't happiness. This is a man-made fantasy. And so I, I think to fully grasp and experience life and not wrestle with life, but go in the slipstream of life. I think it's about understanding the reality of people, life, the world, and the universe. Accepting what it is instead of expecting it to be something else. The greater the difference between the reality and your fantasy, the greater the pain. And so this is a very different type of episode or even double or triple um, parter, depending on how long this takes. And more introspective than maybe you're used to from me. And that's exactly what this should be. So, number one. Now, I'm going to read them because I've been spending weeks considering them, writing them, editing them, deleting them. Normally, when you see me do content, there's no notes, it's conversations, it's unscripted. But this is scripted and it needs to be scripted. So, number one, brutal life lesson from most painful life experiences, personal experiences, is apparently honest people will lie to you if the lie is easier than telling the truth. And you may judge others for lying to you, 
But if it's easier for you to lie than it is to tell the truth, you will lie. Humans lie. Lying is not moral. It's not good or bad. There can be good lies. There can be bad lies. There can be a lie that some perceive is good and others perceive is bad. But humans lie. They do. And to expect them not to lie is delusion and friction against the laws of the universe. I've interviewed hundreds of people and people who I've got to know since who I would deem to be pretty honest people lied to my face in interviews. And when I take that personally, I judge that. But now I just know that that's what people do. Like to protect your child, you would lie. To feed your family and protect your livelihood, you will lie. People lie. No one owes you the truth. Okay, number two, people are not loyal to you. They are loyal to themselves and their highest values. No one owes you anything. No one is supposed to live their life in loyalty to you. Everyone is supposed to live their life in loyalty to their highest values and who they are. Now, you can meet people where they're at and you can have similar values and you can have good morals and ethics and behave like you'd like to be behaved to, treat others like you'd like to be treated. But no one is loyal to you. That is not a law of the universe. That is your own deluded, made up law. Why should people be loyal to you? And when you understand that they're not loyal to you and you know that they're loyal to themselves, when you find out what's most important to them, you can find out where their loyalties lie. And there you can create good relationships or you can even influence people when you know this. I'll give you an example. No one works for me. I pay them, pay hundreds of people, but they don't work for me. They work for themselves. No one works for me. Okay, number three. Most people want you to fail. They want you to fail because your failure makes them feel more comfortable about their own failures. If you fail to achieve your dreams, it makes them more comfortable about not chasing theirs or letting theirs go or selling them out. And you want everyone to have your back. You expect your inner circle to want you to win. Most people don't. It makes them feel uncomfortable. And that's just a reality. And I've come to terms with that and I'm okay with that. And in fact, I quite like that. Because if you don't want me to win and you want me to fail, you've just given me a motivation and a reason to not fail, to want to win even more. I don't expect anyone to enjoy my success. Number four, the easiest way to unhappiness is to believe that the purpose of life is happiness. I don't sit here pretending to know the meaning of life. After all, the more I learn, the realize, I realize there's so much I don't know. The more I understand them, the more I realize I know nothing. However, there is a huge delusion that happiness is the purpose of life. I believe that happiness is the reward and an outcome for achieving something meaningful. Also, how do you even define happiness? There's probably like 47 different types of happiness. Elation, arousal, adoration, contentment, excitement, exhilaration, comfort. So how do you even define happiness in the first place? I believe our emotions are feedback and we get good emotions in response to safety and we get bad emotions as we perceive them in response to threat. Though in that moment of threat, you want the painful response. You don't want the comfortable, warm, happy, fluffy response. So people are always asking me, well, Rob, when, when is it ever enough? It's never enough because the purpose of life is not happiness. The purpose of life is growth. The purpose of life is progress. The purpose of life is evolution. The purpose of life is self-actualization to maximize your potential and individuality. These are some more deeper things I believe that are the purpose of life. Number five, if you want an easy life, 
you have to voluntarily face hard challenges. Hard now, easy later. Easy now, hard later. If you put off dealing with a challenging problem, that problem gets bigger. So if you go for the short-term fix of comfort and ease over the harder but more rewarding and meaningful challenge, just remember, easy now, hard later, hard now, easy later. So daily, intentionally and voluntarily face difficult challenges, have difficult conversations, do things you've been putting off, jump in the ice path, get down the gym, do a circuit training session instead of just a few weights looking in front of the mirror posing. Choose hard things for an easy life, which is linked to number six. What's worth it isn't easy, and what's easy isn't worth it. I'll just leave that one there. What's worth it isn't easy, and what's easy isn't worth it. Number seven, everything you don't like or you don't want is 100% your fault, 100% your responsibility. You attracted it. It's the lesson that you need. There's a blessing in the stressing. But as well as everything that you're attracting that you don't want to be, do, or have as being your fault and your responsibility, it is also your greatest source of opportunity. Now, in some instances, I understand that some things are not your fault. Bill Gates says, if you're born poor, that's not your fault. If you die poor, that's your fault. Or sometimes it's, if you're born poor, that's not your mistake. If you die poor, that's your mistake. So most things that happen in your life are because of you, are a result of your thoughts, decisions, and actions. And they are 100% your fault and responsibility. Some things, they're bad luck, they're serendipity or bad timing or things that you could not control. But you can immediately control your responsibility of how you respond to it, even if you can't control it happening. You can't, you can't control the direction of the wind, but you can set your sail accordingly. So owning everything that happens to you means you put yourself in the seat of responsibility rather than victimhood. Number eight. All your fears are just imagination and all other people's fears are just projection. When COVID and lockdown happened, some people very close to me were very scared and and the fear was sweating through their pores and I allowed their fear to seep onto me. I allowed the media, their fear or propaganda, fear mongering to infiltrate me and create fear in me. But that was their projecting their fear onto me. It wasn't my reality, but I made it my reality because I allowed their projection to become my perception. All fear is a a perception and it's an imagination because fear is anxiety about the future. It is an emotion, a warning about something that hasn't happened yet. And the problem with how we've evolved is humans have evolved so much slower than technology that we're still prehistoric in many of our fear responses. And so we get a fear response to public speaking or a, a, a trigger response to a criticism in comments on our social media. In the same way that it would be like our life being threatened 10,000 years ago. So life's gone too fast for us to catch up. So therefore, 99% of the things that you worry about will never happen and don't ever happen. And therefore, nearly all, almost all your fears are imagination and other people's fears are projection. Number nine, everything you judge in others and you disown them for, you have done yourself. Everything that triggers and pisses you off about others you have done to other people. So I always like to remember that if I get frustrated because no one can piss you off without your permission. I was actually about to say, when people piss me off, I like to remember that the thing I'm judging them for, I've also done. 
and it, it neutralizes and balances the emotion. But no one can piss me off without my permission. Number 10, security has nothing to do with money and everything to do with resourcefulness and adaptability. There are no lack of resources. There is only a lack of resourcefulness. There is no such thing as I can't. There is only how can I. There is no such thing as I can't afford it. There is how can I afford it. So if you're lacking or failing or, or believing that you can't do something, just remember it's your reality, not the reality. And if you ask better questions, you'll get better answers. Number 11, the best form of revenge is not served cold. It's not blocking them. It's not becoming a higher value man and showing them what they've lost. It's not total domination of competition. The best form of revenge is kindness, especially when you hurt the most. Because revenge never ends and there's nothing to forgive. A lot of people say that you know, it's powerful to forgive, but the concept of you forgiving someone is the assumption that they have wronged you. No one's wronged you. So therefore, there's nothing to forgive. There is just kindness. Number 12, in every stressing hides a blessing. So the stressing is the lesson. The stressing is the teaching. You want life. You want money. You want amazing experiences. Be careful what you wish for because you will be given what you want in the disguise of what you need. So what you need and what you want are different. You think you want something, you need something else. The universe is far more wise than you and it will give you exactly what you want, but in the way that you need it. And generally, all your biggest blessings are hidden in your stressings. Number 13, People treat you exactly the way you teach them to treat you. So teach them well. No one treats you in a way that you haven't given them permission for. If you have no boundaries, then they will know no boundaries of you. If they're interrupting you all the time, that's because you didn't teach them that they shouldn't. You didn't give them consequences of over overstepping your... You didn't give them consequences of overstepping your boundaries. So if you want people to treat you a certain way, you have to show them the way. You have to teach them the way. Number 14, if you have any issues that you do not express, that's 100% your responsibility. If you have a problem and it goes unsaid, that is not their fault for creating the problem. That is your fault for not expressing the problem. Now, kindness and love are expressing your problems and challenges and wants and desires in a way that other people can relate to and find important to them. I'm not saying going around and shouting and screaming at everyone and because... There are repressors and there are expressors. And some people, they're too critical and other people, they're internally self-critical. But it is no one else's fault for not being or doing to you something that you didn't express because they can't read your mind. Number 15, any conflict you avoid now will come back bigger and harder and badder later. I'm a big fixing problem solver type of person. So I sometimes in my relationships with my wife and women before, long time ago, sometimes a woman would, would want to express to me, for me to listen, and I immediately want to fix their life. And often staff come to me with challenges and I immediately want to fix their problems instead of allowing them the gift of solving the problems themselves because sometimes they just want to be heard. So the good thing about that is I don't really leave too many unresolved conflicts because I don't like it because I want to fix it. But anything you repress must be expressed. You cannot ignore problems. Problems don't go away until you transcend them. They only disappear and dissolve when you've mastered them, not when you hide from them and run away from them. So 
there's some things you're putting off now that if you go and do them now, some of your problems will be dissolved. But don't be deluded in thinking that they'll go away because they won't. Number 16, there's ruthlessness and there's toothlessness and there's no in-between on your way to the top. I think about this a lot in business. Do you need to be ruthless to be successful in business? I think you do. Or at the very least, you need to be decisive. And you have to put out of your mind the fact that this person isn't right for the job and you have to let them go even though they have a family. And there's ruthlessness or toothlessness. There is no in-between. Number 17, the easiest person to lie to is yourself, yet you can't avoid the truth. You know your truth. Your truth doesn't disappear the more you lie to yourself. Your intuition about you as a person and your values and your mission and your purpose, they are within you. And that is your truth. And you can lie to yourself all day, every day. But all that will do is create emotional conflict. The easiest person to lie to is yourself, yet you cannot avoid your own truth. Number 18. If you want the right people in your life, you have to let go of the wrong people out of your life. Vacuum law of prosperity. If you want space for something to come in, you need to make space by pushing something out. So out with the old and in with the new. And what people and situations and mind space and energy are you holding on to that's blocking what you want in? Because often you're desiring something to come in, but there's a block. Remove the block. All of a sudden you allow the thing in. The thing was always there. You just couldn't see it because there was a block. That could be supplier, customer. I had a conversation with a friend of mine who's had a client that's just draining and draining and draining and draining her time. And I said, well, let them go then. Oh, but they're a high-paying client. Yeah, but they're in the way of a higher-paying client. And they might be a high-paying client, but they're a high-demanding client. Therefore, they're probably a low-margin client. If you want the right people in your life, you have to let go of the wrong people out of your life. Number 19, being patient is not always a virtue. Sometimes you have to be quick and you have to go for what you want or someone else will take it. And I think that's changed in the last couple of decades. Compounding and longevity, the enduring patience was the the way to success. Now, you've got billionaires in their teens and 20s when Bill Gates became the youngest billionaire in his, what, 50s or 60s. Patience isn't a virtue anymore. You snooze, you lose. Number 20, learning from your mistakes is dumber and more expensive than learning from the mistakes of others. I don't want to go bust. Never want to go bust. Have never gone bust. I've never lost anyone's money. I'm really proud of that. And okay, if it happened, I'd embrace the lesson. Every stressing hides a blessing. But I don't want to learn what it's like. I'll just talk to loads of my business associates who've been bust, and I'll make sure I don't make the same mistakes. And to me, that's just much smarter. You don't have to learn everything yourself, and you don't have to make all the mistakes yourself. That's a myth. Number 21. Most people aren't even thinking about you. So stop caring about what they think about you. People are too busy in their own world to care or even think about what you said and what you did and how you look. They're not picking up on your shame and guilt and embarrassment and fear of judgment and ridicule because they're too busy in their own world of stress. So most people aren't thinking about you anyway, so why worry about what they think about you? Number 22, silence is power, especially when the noise inside your head is loud. So I can find interactions and situations very uncomfortable, a negotiation, a conflict or a a heated conversation. My instinct from even going back being a child is to avoid the conflict, please the people, make a joke, make light of the situation. But that's often a manifestation of my own weakness. And learning to stay silent and breathing through the painful feelings is power. 
And final one, part two coming soon. Your intuition is mostly wrong, especially in something that's new to you. So many people in the world trust your intuition, trust your gut, trust your feelings. I think that's an abdication of responsibility. And I would make this distinction. I think in something you've mastered your whole life, your intuition is probably 99% accurate. After all, you've got decades of experience to fall back on. In something that's human, like relations with other people, I think you should trust your intuition. But in anything else, especially if it's new or you've not done it before or you've messed it up, your intuition is actually the worst thing to trust. You should trust the data, trust the information, trust successful people, and not in that instance, your intuition. So this has become a two-parter. I hope you enjoyed the 23, the half-life, brutal life lessons, introspectively ruminated on my birthday. I'm very grateful to you for following my work all these years. I think we've been doing the Disruptor show now since 2016. I think we're almost at 1,000 episodes. So as a way of thanking you, in part two, I'm going to give you not one but two very special new gifts, new bonuses. I did a lot of introspective writing and creating over Christmas and New Year. I wrote two new mini books on money, and I'm going to give them both to you completely for free. They'll be at the end of the second part of this episode. I'll see you there, and remember, if you don't risk anything, you risk everything. (laughs) 